I mean, one of the reasons that we received so many DMs and that so many people talk to us about this is because in the early X-Files days, Claire did a very popular, very well-received episode on her experience with attachment theory. Attachment theory is a lens through which you can look at something through. You can switch lenses and look at the same circumstance and, and understand different parts of it through different lenses. Welcome to The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. We are breakup coaches, here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken hearts, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of X-Files. We hope that you are having a really great year so far and that you are feeling that you are beating your breakup, starting to turn a corner with things. And that's that's why we're here today, to help yeah. you continue to do that. Yeah. So before we get started, would you like to work with one of us one-on-one for extra support beating your breakup? Well, all you need to do is go to our Instagram, that's X-Files podcast, all one word, and hit us up in the DMs, and we will connect you instantly with information on how to do that. As soon as we see it, we will connect you instantly. <laughs> I'm, fair, I'm fairly quick. It'll be yeah. at least within the, same, within the same day. And also, we would just simply like to hear from you. So, um, And then another thing, if you are enjoying X-Files, why don't you let us know by leaving us a review in Apple Podcasts? Yeah. Yeah. It what a, a great idea. And, it, and it, what a great idea. It, it takes a couple minutes and it makes us feel really, really good about getting up early in the mornings and recording these episodes for you guys. So absolutely. And we would like to thank you for leaving us a review. So if you screenshot um, one uh, screenshot the X Files account, a uh, copy of your review, and we will send you a personal thank you in the mail along with some X Files stickers. Yeah. All right. Yay. So please, it's such a great gift to us. And if you love it, um, that's a really great way to show it and to help others find the show. Awesome. So, shall we dive in? Yes. So with this episode, we wanted to start off by kind of sharing our intention behind it. Um, We've actually spent a while preparing for this episode, longer than our usual ones, just because, like, I think the topic is really important to us, and um, we didn't want to, like, say something offhand that wasn't entirely 100% how we feel about it because I think this is really important for us to like get super right you know yeah as right as you can yes yeah so um with this with this episode our intention is to share like maybe some nuance that we think has been missing from the conversation about attachment styles as it happens in our dms as it happens on our facebook group and as Mm -hmm. we've seen kind of like across social media um definitely with that (laughs) i don't think that this nuance is missing from like attachment research or from people who are doing more like long form content of diving into attachment styles 
so it's it's really in those places where I think, you know, you are limited by time and space. And so that maybe is where we see that nuance missing, but we we think it's really important to address it. Um, and so, yeah, so I guess uh, that's where I'm coming from. Janice, did I miss anything that's like important to you intention-wise? doing, I mean, I'm doing this. One of the reasons I wanted to do this episode is because my intention is to empower people. Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's what's missing in the conversations I'm having with people is that they feel like this is controlling them rather than the other way around. Yeah. And it's um, not yeah. how I uh, feel about these, these theories exactly. and concepts. Yeah. And we will, we will dive fully into that. Um, <laughs> but we just wanted to, uh, kind of start off with some background and context as well before yes. we start diving into like actual examples of mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, the patterns of DMs we've received and things like well, that. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons that we received so many DMs and that so many people talk to us about this is because in the early X-Files days, Claire did a very popular, very well-received episode yeah. on her experience with um, attachment theory. Since then, a, a lot of people have reached out to us, um, yeah. you know, taking for granted that we know about attachment and, mm -hmm. and, you know, and speaking to us about how it showed up in their, in their breakup. So I thought it would yeah. be kind of good to go down memory lane a little bit and for, you know, Claire to give us some background on that experience, what it was like for her and, yeah. um, you know, what it's, uh, what it's been like since, um, I'll talk about my experience with attachment as well. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I was introduced to attachment theory through the book Attached by Amir Levine and Rachel S. F. Heller. Um, you've probably seen this book around. It's, uh, it is 10 years old, but it's really had a resurgence um, <laughs> sure. in the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, you know, I found out about it as part of that resurgence. Um, I didn't know about attachment theory when I was going through my like two big breakups that, you know, kind of led me to this work. And so writing the episode, it was a solo episode and um, it was, it was one of those things that just kind of like flowed out of me. I had like recently really started becoming obsessed with attachment theory and like mm -hmm. reading all the stuff about it and started like connecting the dots in my own life. And, uh, the episode actually, I wrote it, like I woke up in the middle of the night and I'm like, I need to write this and like 3 a.m., I'm on my phone. I wrote um, an article, which I posted on Medium, and that did very well on Medium. And I was like, let's make this podcast format and put it on the podcast too. And it was also very well received on the podcast, which was huge for me because it was probably the most personal episode I've done, mm -hmm. like sharing um, a lot of detail that I think I usually just allude to kind of like broader themes in my life than going into like who said what and when. And that episode definitely went there. So I'm so appreciative that people <laughs> received yeah, it well. Yeah, definitely. Thank you to everyone. <laughs> um, we often ask people what their favorite episode is. And a lot of people still talk about that. Yeah. So it's great. Yeah. So mm -hmm. like amazing 
in that way and it you know for the process of sharing it and putting those pieces together that led to its creation like that gave me a lot of solace because um like the specific instance that i talk about in that episode like it didn't make much sense to me before then <laughs> so when i when i started connecting the dots with attachment style i was like oh this makes what i thought was totally illogical something i regretted and didn't know why i did it made it make sense and i think that's why it like connects to so many people because that's an experience we've all had um we often say with breakups like they bring out the worst in people yeah and yeah. attachment style makes that like dark side make sense um in a lot of ways but with that article i think i could have done a better job in explaining that it made this situation make sense to me it's not necessarily like an overarching description of the entire relationship if that makes sense like mm -hmm. there are obviously things that i can find where attachment theory doesn't seem to apply um yeah. and it doesn't explain everything that happened in the relationship and you know that just has a way to explain how i think about this like attachment theory is a lens through which you can look at something through you can switch lenses and look at the same circumstance and and understand different parts of it through different lenses so like the mm -hmm. attachment theory lens only shows you so much you are gonna miss things if you're not using any other lenses like for example um like there are the lenses of mental health um you could also look at family history low self-esteem super intelligent you could look at adult trauma you could mm. look at brain structure and damage so mm. like there those are all different lenses that like attachment theory kind of leaves out like you know attachment theory does talk about your family history and stuff but it's it's in that you know it's it's within the confines of kind of yeah. one thing mm -hmm. so and i think family family history really only ex is like a drop in the bucket when it comes to how we show up as adults because yeah. as we all know like at a certain point no matter what your background as a grown-up you know you do need to take it upon yourself to you know yeah. ri rise above it in some cases learn how to be a better partner despite it learn how to communicate better despite it mm -hmm. And I, I, yeah, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Um, that's okay. Like, uh, like consciously you mm. can change as an adult, um, which I think is one of the nuances we see missed typically, um, but also that uh, it can be unconsciously changed for you as an adult. So like if you experience a very traumatic breakup, you could go from being secure to having a more anxious attachment yeah, style yeah, or avoidant true. or both, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, so I feel like the best lent, uh, the best work that I do with clients because attachment style does come up a lot in our <laughs> sessions is when we discuss the the X in relation to the client and the lessons. So um, it, the changes they want to make, the red flags that their X showed, 
so that they can move on with that knowledge. So it's a, you know, it's a process of moving from the first impulse of psychoanalyzing the X and moving towards let's see how those things that we saw mm-hmm. actually relate to you and your reactions and the things that you have control over and you right. can change. Um, yeah. So, you know, if we're turning the attention away from what you can control, that's something that we're going to push back against basically. Yeah. And something I also bring up with my clients too, when they start going down that path of like, what were they thinking? I think they're avoidant. This is why, um, is, you know, it's, it's impossible to know exactly what your ex was thinking or feeling. Even if you got to talk to them, like, I don't think they could tell you, honestly. The one time that is helpful to briefly analyze and conjecture is if your ex's actions are impeding closure. And um, you can't know, you can't 100% know. But if a conclusion you come to one allows you to move on two gives you agency and three gives you the most reassurance i don't care whether we can't prove it or not with the x if it gives you those things then it's good even if it's totally wrong um but i think the problem with attachment styles um if you're not careful is that it takes away agency and it doesn't allow you to move on because suddenly you're a victim. Yes. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it isn't really that reassuring because we often see people saying, Hey, this is a reason I should try again with my ex. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, um, I mean, it's been huge and heartwarming and so special to hear from people who have enjoyed the episode and found it resonated and have felt like it allows them to move on and give some agency and give some reassurance. Um, but we, we just have concern about those listeners who have taken it as proof to, that they could have had a different outcome if they had only known this before. Yeah. And not yeah. examining your own actions. You know, we're going to talk about the different types of messages that we get, but I think that one reason we're doing this episode is if you're interested in attachment, that's really great. And this is, you know, kind of a way to take it to the next level in a way. And this is a way to, you know, apply it in a positive way in your life and in your future relationships. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anything else you want to say about your experience with the episode or, you know, experience um, studying attachment? Yeah. Um... I mean, I think I I think I fairly summed it up, but basically, you know, um, my experience has been one of changing attachment styles. I don't think that I, you know, what I described in that episode was me having an anxious attachment style mm-hmm. in that situation with that person. Um, I I don't think I was coming (laughs) into that relationship as anxiously attached. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, I was secure, 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 and then had this obviously huge breakup that I was not processing correctly. Mm -hmm. And then I enter uh, a highly volatile relationship. Like, obviously, I was having more of an anxious 
moment <laughs> then yeah i don't know I we've talked we've talked a lot it. about this I, yeah. I i feel what you did was pretty reasonable personally yeah um, but <laughs> i don't know that that's yeah. just me but i mean you know yourself and what you were thinking and what the experience was like for you far better than i do so yeah mm-hmm. i yep. think if i if i was coming in with like the knowledge that i have now i yeah. would have been like cool have a nice life (laughs) on my merry way you know I mean you're yeah yeah completely that also though I feel would have been a very 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 reasonable yes yeah Um, but I I mean it was an intense situation so (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right so since then it's been oh I don't know 10 months or so since all of this went down. And so I just wanted to touch on my, my experience, because I'm coming at it from a tiny bit, or if if not a huge, hugely hugely different different place. Directly. Yeah, (laughs) I think so. So that's fair. So I, um, which I mean, which is fine. We're two different people. Um, Mm -hmm. I started hearing about attachment at the beginning of the X-Files journey. I know that we did an IG live about it because it was something that you were really on fire about. And so we had a conversation where you told me about it and I asked you questions about it. That was really fun. Um, and then, you know, it didn't really light me up too much. Um, but that, I mean, I was just like, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but then I started getting clients who were mentioning it a lot and saying that they had just read the attached book. So then I thought, oh, well, I should, I as a coach, be able to relate <laughs> to people and have discussions of, about this with them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people bring it up in the Facebook group a lot. <laughs> I did a search and it was like tons of posts where people had brought it up. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we started getting lots of DMs re- referencing it as well. And so I got the book and I was super excited to read it. And I guess I'll just say that I was not um, in love with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, there yeah. were lots it, of text messages like, what? What is <laughs> happening? Yeah. I mean, just from the very beginning of the book, you know, they talked about codependence in a way that I didn't think was quite, quite correct. Definitely mm-hmm. a lot different from how I um, view codependence and how a lot of people who study codependence view it, which I was, that kind of got my suspicions raised right away. I was like, I'm kind of surprised that they're talking about it in, in this way, because it, I don't know, I didn't think it was correct. And then there was just like so many things where I, I don't know, I just didn't agree. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so then I was, I started thinking to myself and I kept this kind of private, like, this is, Uh, I just was like, this is bunk. (laughs) Like, I don't know that I just thought I just, I just know for me, I don't agree with, with this theory of attachment. Um, and I was like, I don't know what to do with this. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why does everyone else? Because yeah. And I, I was just, and yeah, I mean, I had very, um, you know, sensitive conversations with clients where I would just, instead of focusing so much on, on, 
the theories themselves and on attachment, I would really shift the focus to let's, let's look forward. Cause yeah. I was just so uncomfortable discussing it with people, not knowing what to do with these feelings and opinions that I had about it. Um, it, I, but like I said, I mostly kept them to myself. Um, then I was involved with, uh, organization taking courses for a little bit last year called conscious partner. One of the first classes that they had available was attachment theory. And I was super resistant to doing it because at that point I kind of had a bad attitude about it. <laughs> you were like, um, no. <laughs> yeah. But I just thought, um, you know, do it. I had signed up. Yeah. And so, um, and then I was like, yes, they, so I had only read the book and they yeah. brought in all these different perspectives and sources and different ways of viewing it. And they were the ones who talked about it being more on a spectrum, which I have yeah. to say that in even of itself, I mean, the, the spectrum is so huge. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it, I've, you know, it's hard to really, um, well, it's definitely hard to define yourself by a spectrum that's so huge and which something we're going to talk about, but, yeah. um, also, they had a strong emphasis on the fact that it's a very fluid thing. Yeah. Whereas I feel that the book does not. Um, that's that's how I read it. Um, but I know after I took this course, I I was like, this makes a lot more sense. Um, however, I did decide from there on out that whenever it came up with my clients, I would refer to that to it as um, attachment tendencies rather yeah. than I am this, this is me, this is my style. Yeah. Um, and which has helped a lot. And I have to say, it's been really eye-opening to a lot of people um, to hear me refer to it as, as such. As and easy, yeah. I definitely know that in my work with clients, I've, I've focused on that every time that it's come up, which has been, <laughs> has been quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I, I talked to them about the notion that it's a, that these are tendencies that we can address and, yeah. and change. Because our, our clients and listeners are amazing. Like, obviously, you're here to learn things and yeah. you're, you know, you do have, um, like, believe in your agency to a point because you're like, hey, this is something that I can learn about and then do better at. Like, that's mm -hmm. incredible. And yep. so, you know, our clients are often at least for me, and it sounds like for you too, Janice, like they're coming to us with their own research as well, which is really cool, but yeah. also like something that, you know, it, it gets refined through discussion with someone mm. like Janice, who's like, hey, you know, this is fluid and also yeah. like contextual. And I think that the the book attached like i think i see the effort that they made to say hey this can change they did say it was hard to change though and um they did say like just the way they phrased it though mm -hmm. um i think made that that fluidity lost on people they said yeah. you know be with some if you're anxious try to find someone who's secure because then you will become more secure and it's like yes but i think the the follow-through from that is that your attachment style depends a lot on the triggers in a certain circumstance or a certain context mm -hmm. um so um not necessarily that you know, you have to be with a specific person 
in order mm-hmm. to do certain things. I think it's more like the things that come up within relationships trigger us in different ways and will show us tendencies um, <laughs> that we could describe as either avoidant, anxious, secure, mm-hmm. etc. So I don't know if that elaborated on what you were saying, but yeah, it does. Um, I mean, I, I just, I think that, um, I don't, I don't see the focus, I guess, on how to really change it other than make sure that you find a secure person. Yeah. But then on the other hand, there's not very many secure people out there because (laughs) secure people love being in relationships and they are so easily in relationships. So according to the book, Yes. Uh, and yeah. So you're really, you know, likely to end up with these avoidant types. Um, and I, it's just not how I think that just completely removes personal responsibility from it because mm-hmm. your partner's job is not to make you secure. It's kind of your job to figure out how to be more secure, like yeah. with the text messaging thing, for instance. So if I'm anxious and I can't stop texting my partner during the day, um, I would become more secure because my partner's going to be okay with it. And text me back all the time. They had mo- in the book, according to the book. Yes. Yeah. So that might be where it's missed because okay. like based on my reading of the book and all the other like reading mm-hmm. of different mm-hmm. sources that I think are informing my opinions now that I can't yeah. like track down and pinpoint. Um, like I would read that as those first few texts would give you the reassurance you need to then have the independence to not be texting so much during the day it's Mm -hmm. about like those uh like asks um it's like kind of like the is it gary chapman with the um the love languages um yes but i'm i'm actually i'm not thinking about that i think it's like it's the guy who wrote um seven reasons marriages fail but maybe we'll we'll link this but basically um they did lots of studies um analyzing couples and then following up with them like five years later to see if they're still together and basically like um it's uh i think they called it a bid for retention where um one partner would say something and whether or not the other partner responded and turned towards them Mm -hmm. that actually was a really good indicator of whether they would still be together Mm -hmm. um down the road and so it's basically like if you're anxious you put out a bid for attention if it's met, you're like, cool, I'm good. I'm going to go focus on my work now. Um, and mm-hmm. if it's not met, that's when it's like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I don't think that that story about the texting all the time and that mm-hmm. one time that text wasn't sent. I think that's very extreme, extreme. Like, I think that person likely like has other things going on like actual (laughs) anxiety you know like instead Uh of just their attachment styles anxious Mm -hmm. like they might just be anxious like period Mm -hmm. um so you know that too is something to definitely work on to overcome and not put the burden on your partner yeah and learn different coping mechanisms and you know you guys are here for that and we're here for it too yep and yeah so like it is something like you do learn these things as an adult because like if you you know um 
we learn through doing and we learn through watching. And if we didn't have great examples to watch when we were kids, then we probably don't know these things yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and I also think that's something that could be studied a little bit more is how pivotal uh, um, and how significant someone's first serious relationship is when it comes yeah. to all of this more than necessarily what happened to them when they were a baby. <laughs> but yeah, that's just me. I'm not a you know, sociologist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've continued to study this. I'm actually reading a new book. I'm early, it's early days for me, but I am reading a book on attachment that I'm actually so far pretty thrilled with. And it's called Poly Secure by Jessica Fern. And like I said, I'm not too far into it yet, but um, the general emphasis, um, and I think maybe this is why I like it. And that is the general emphasis in a lot of, literature on polyamory has to do with examining your own patterns, taking personal responsibility in relationships. Um, There's a lot of emphasis on personal growth and um, that shows up in this book um, really early on. So I'm really enjoying it. Um, You know, you might want to check that out if you want more other perspectives. Um, So all this being said, (laughs) one reason I wanted to do this episode, one reason we both wanted to do this episode is that um, I've seen kind of this overemphasis on diagnosing others, both with attachment styles. And as we've talked about a lot um, with narcissism, this concern started to grow both as attachment style came more into my coaching and a lot of DMS that reference really toxic situations and pretty painful and messy breakups from what people are telling me. Um, but as really simplistic explanations that they have to do with a person's attachment style, either the person DMing me or their ex, sometimes both, And so I started, I mean, it's gotten to the point where I'm actually like concerned (laughs) about this. And look, I think some people have read the books, which are great. And, you know, on the other hand, I think some people are taking really quick quizzes online, which I, I think is problematic. And also this is all over social media. Yeah. And so I think, you know, potentially people are getting their information from there, which I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. It's just, there's so much more to it. And like I said, you know, I want to empower people. I want to see people taking charge of their life rather than, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, playing the victim and keeping themselves small and also excusing, you know, bad behavior, both on themselves and others. Yeah. And I think, you know, on the social media point, I think that's a great place for like pollinating ideas and learning about new concepts. You might not have been exposed to if you hadn't been like in the uh what is it like mindfulness tiktok or like mental health tiktok or whatever Mm -hmm. um but i think it's important when you learn something on social media take it as a very first taste it's just a spoonful of what there is and then follow up with your own research be like okay what are the top books i can read on this particular topic Mm -hmm. use it as a jumping off point i don't think it's necessarily bad i think it's just you know it's uh so instant gratification that we think we can get like we can understand a concept fully from you know three minutes is like the max amount of a video and like maybe someone does a three or four part video on something on tiktok like that's not enough. <laughs> yeah. Know, I mean, if something like, really turns it. you on uh, that you see on, on social media, you know, use yeah. it as a, 
it's kind of a sign to go and yes, yeah, study, study more about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, I'm sure we'll be coming back to this too in the future. Right? I am at the end of this month, I'm starting a course on somatic attachment therapy. It's certain so cool, course. I'm so excited. Aww. Um, like there's a, there's a broad range of faculty, but one of the people I'm most excited to like hear from is Dr. Peter Levine. Um, he's written several books. Oh, on, I know him. Yeah. Uh, Waking yes. the Tiger is one of them. It's all about like kind of, uh, you've probably heard of the body keeps the score. That's like a similar kind of topic area that he speaks on. It's like trauma stored in the body. And he's going to be teaching a class in that course on transgenerational trauma and attachment. I'm like so awesome. excited. So I'll be back in four months with like a whole <laughs> lot more information. So like that's one example. Like I've now, you know, I probably was exposed at first to attachment style on social media. I was mm -hmm. like, that's cool. Let me read more. And I uh, continued reading books on it. And now I'm doing like an actual certificate course on badass yeah and combining it with <laughs> somatics which is like the coolest Aww. thing ever i'm um, happy for you thank you <laughs> i can't wait to hear about it yeah should we talk about the dms yes so these are <laughs> <laughs> we like first of all before we dive into it we feel for each and every person and mm -hmm. Like, I think that, you know, these are valid first responses. We just don't want them to be your full response to this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So yeah. I'm guessing there's people out there who are going through this or have gone through it. And I, honestly, all I want to do is help. So that's why yeah. I thought we could talk about some examples because I was thinking they'd probably resonate with yeah. listeners. And and if you're someone who's listening and you're like, oh, my God, I sent that in. I can't believe I used <laughs> oh. it. I promise you, you weren't the only one. And we are no. literally we are sharing the things that we've heard over and over and over yeah, again. So sure. just so you know, you're yeah. not being called out individually right now. It's very much part of a trend. Mm -hmm. So. So I'll read a couple. Yeah. So for instance, we've had this theme. My, my partner was super horrible to me because they are avoidant. <laughs> yeah. My ex did some horrible things, but they are avoidant and I didn't realize it until now or my ex didn't realize they were doing these horrible things because they're avoidant. Yeah. Um, oh, I've gotten this one a lot. Uh, my ex and I are on, have been on again and off again for a long time. It is because they are avoidant and it is because I am anxious. Ah. I, I have even spoken to someone who was like on again, off again, 10 times and, and was just cool with it. Cause this was how they explained it. <sighs> I have a horrible relationship. Um, I acted out because I am anxious attached or I pushed my partner away because I was anxious yeah, and because they one. did certain things. It was outside of my control. Nope, not outside of your control. Um, another one, my partner cheated on me because they are avoidant. I feel bad for them. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, with this thing that makes them cheat. No, yeah. no. Mm -hmm. Um. I can't move on from my breakup and I can't stop stalking and contacting my ex because I'm anxiously attached. 
Um, my ex was really horrible to me. That's like our filler words for a specific circumstance that was yes, really horrible, yes. you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, not I mean, I would never come on and give the specifics, so yeah. but we've just gotten lots of stories that are yeah. pretty shocking, I have to say. It can be summed up by pretty yeah. horrible. <laughs> uh, so um, my ex was really horrible to me, but they are avoidant. So I feel like I should stay friends with them to help them. And I get this a lot, send them information about attachment styles so they can heal. Um, which is so wonderful and so nice of you, but no, we, we are focusing on problematic. you. Yeah. If they run into attachment styles and it resonates, they can do that on their own. Um, they didn't know what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Um, my ex was really horrible to me and our relationship was really horrible i now realize it's because they are avoidant and so i think i should give it another chance mm -hmm. um i didn't like how my ex treated me but they didn't mean it they're avoidant and it's just who they are um or how i am um I did some things I regret, but I did it because I'm anxious. I can't help it. And I yeah. think that my episode really feeds into that, that one. Um, because, you know, that was something that I wasn't, it wasn't my proudest moment. But you um, didn't know about attachment at the time you did it. Yeah. You know, um, like, oh, these so are I people... wasn't like, I'm going to do this because I'm anxious and you have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. No, I was just doing it. And it was like, after the fact, I was like, oh, I probably did this because that was an anxious tendency. And I had a lot of reason actually to be anxious in that moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you, and if you have a, these, these tendencies and you have certain triggers, yeah, yes, yeah. you, you will probably act on, on the tendency. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, this is, this is a heavy one, but like yeah. I keep on saying, I, I do think it's going to help. So what, let's talk about two, I think we've actually got three issues here with how it shows up and things that we kind of want to clarify with people in order to help you use this to grow. Mm -hmm. So first of all, it's not about you acting differently to manipulate manipulate your partner or your ex and disdain positive change happens for you and has and it has to be two people working together to both yeah. improve and stay together and what's yeah. one of the x files themes breakups are such good opportunities to learn about ourselves yeah it's a rich time for self-reflection and taking time to lovingly learn about your past patterns and how you have shown up in relationships yes dear and that should not mean to you that, wow, it's such a great time for my ex to grow from this experience. Let me share with them what I'm learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, let's focus on you. I yeah. think that's, that's where a lot of people can go with it is they're like, oh, they need to know these things as well. Mm -hmm. And while I agree, maybe it would help their lives you know different things resonate with different people and you can't you can't lead a horse to water you know and you're also not the person who is responsible for that horse anymore well and it, i feel like it kind of misses the point because learning about attachment 
tendencies Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, is a, it's a really good way to arm yourself with useful information to move forward in the world Um, in and outside of relationships. Really? um, I would say, you know, take a look at how it shows up when you're, when you're not with someone. Um, But, you know, I see, I say, don't fall into the trap of using it to stay focused in the past, pay attention to what helps you grow rather than deciding to cling to a certain type of style or explanation to, you know, you know, explain your past behavior, explain present bad behavior, um, or excuse someone else's poor behavior. Yeah. So I just want to say, um, one thing that we've also talked about a lot on this show is that, you know, when you stay focused on regret, this keeps you focused in the past, it keeps you stuck in your breakup. And so rather by, you know, rather than dwelling on what I wish I would have known or done, or now that I know this about myself, I should have done this. Or now that I know this, think you know this about your ex, I should have done this. We encourage people to say what I will do differently in the future is, Mm -hmm. and it puts the power to create great things in your own hands rather than in, in your exes, you know, use these as, you know, tools and, and, you know, magical new, magical new information. Um, so just remember like no amount of knowledge about your attachment style or beliefs about your ex's attachment style can make up for your ex not being engaged in the process of growth. Like this person is clearly already acted in ways you don't understand because you broke up. And, um, if you're here, chances are you don't understand that breakup. Um, so also the relationship probably ended for many reasons other than attachment style um and attempting to like impose your newfound knowledge onto like this past situation this this relationship that is no longer you know um and yeah that is such a good point yeah um we we get a lot of people saying the breakup happened because of attachment and uh, yeah there's just there's so much more to it than that and like I I would say you know sit down and start thinking about the many things that kind of went wrong over the years or that Mm -hmm. you didn't like you know relationships fall apart because they're not functional anymore Mm -hmm. and it has yeah it's it's a lot more complicated than that yeah yeah and you know um your actions are not preordained. You do have personal responsibility over how you're acting. Yeah. Um, I have to say I one at one point I did have someone actually say to me, ask me. So I said, you know, I think we need to, you can focus on how to kind of change this tendency of yours. And they actually said to me, you can change your attachment style. Yeah. (laughs) And I, that, then I was like, we've got to address this because you know, this is, yeah, yeah, completely. And I, I feel, I feel sad that people think that this is some type of something encoded on us, which is another thing that I think some of the people who talk about attachment focus on too much is this notion that it's things that happen to you when you're an infant that kind of encode this on you. And uh, it's, it's just not how I think about relationships and personal growth, I guess. Yeah. And I think the system is just so much more complicated than that. Like, I think we do, um, we are like uh, conditioned and programmed to be in certain ways, but that program 
programming is constantly shifting and constantly being like new inputs into the system. And I don't think it's something you can categorize into three or four categories and have that be like the explanation for everything totally. in your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. Um, discovering that your ex was avoidant does not mean that you should then become less anxious to make it work with them. Um, in fact, the the book is actually very clear that they don't recommend like if you are feeling like you are anxious, they don't actually recommend trying to change yourself to be with an avoidant person. They're like, mm -hmm. eventually you can't keep it up and this person's going to be like, what happened? Um, you're not the <laughs> same anymore. <laughs> and, um, you know, if it is something that you realize, okay, I'm married to an avoidant person. I have kids. I don't want to give up on this. You need to have like both people committed to working on it and working with like a couples counselor to get your different styles more in alignment. Um, it's not something, you know, basically like I think what I'm saying by this is that like you have the ability to change, but you don't have the ability to change other people. So while you're working on your own attachment style, if someone is like flagrantly avoidant and you know that's a trigger for me, for you, don't date that person. Yeah. Um, I, maybe I, they'll improve in the future or mm -hmm. like do something different in the future, but like it's not your job to teach them and it's not your job to do all of the personal development in the relationship you know well, it doesn't work it's it's yeah. not at all you know people people don't like it yeah. <laughs> you can you, I, you two people can decide to work on a relationship together and not necessarily i think subscribe to the, the same things um yeah. but it's it's just a general commitment um i also think there there's just this over emphasis on avoidance being bad people and bad partners. And not, I no. just, I don't agree with that. I think you can be avoidant for good reasons. I think, you know, not wanting to be in a relationship is, you know, a perfectly valid choice. Mm -hmm. I, someone reading the book would probably say that I'm avoidant. I don't see myself that way. And, you know, it's like, I don't know. I feel like these people are kind of being demonized. I mean, I've even heard people saying that they are now putting on their dating profiles, no avoidance. And yeah. uh, I don't know. It's just, it's one tendency, you know, just yeah. like being anxious is a tendency that shows up in negative ways of being avoidant mm -hmm. can show up in negative ways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think also, when you are analyzing yourself and someone else in the context of a breakup, mm -hmm. like your ex is going to seem, the, the dumper is going to seem like they're avoidant because they're trying to leave you. And <laughs> like, they obviously, you know, they might not be avoidant. They might just not want to be with you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, trying to diagnose someone just on like one situation um, where it's like, oh, like they were like the perfect partner all the way up until the breakup. And then they just like became avoidant. And it was like, no, they decided to end the relationship. Yeah. That doesn't mean they're avoidant. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And also avoidant attachment is not synonymous with just being a shitty partner someone could just be an asshole mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yes and anxious know? people can as well 
Anxious people can as well. Um, (laughs) Cheaters might just be a person who cheats. They might not be anxious or avoidant. Like, you know, they just might be an opportunist or they might (laughs) have a, you know, unethical kink or something, you know? Mm -hmm. So leave that behind. You don't necessarily have to, like, believe people can change. You can change yourself if you want to change, but you don't mm-hmm. have to believe that anyone else in the world will change just because you know how they possibly could change. Anyway, I think it's, you know, I think of attachment style has been uh, like very akin to how people are talking about narcissism um, online where it's like, yeah. yeah, you can label almost anyone as a narcissist mm-hmm. based on, you know, a few factors in a few mm-hmm. circumstances. And they're not maybe necessarily a narcissist at all. Maybe they just had a narcissistic tendency and they exhibited it in that moment because we are all a little bit narcissist. Um, because we're not all <laughs> like dying for each other out here, you know, <laughs> like we're not altruists. Yeah. And mm-hmm. So if you're not a full altruist, you are fairly, have a little bit of narcissism. You might just not be clinical. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I also would say all of us are, and maybe none of us are. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's, like, <laughs> it's just, it's, there's so many different ways to, yeah. to look at it. But yes, I think what you're, what you're saying is it, it if, you know, all of our bad sides come up during a breakup. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it, yeah. it doesn't mean that your ex is this. It just, I mean, you're, you're showing your bad, showing your bad self. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's for sure. You're not yeah. trying to put your best foot forward when you're separating from, from someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or but we, we see this overemphasis on describing exes as avoidance and an overemphasis on describing personal bad behavior be, as being anxious. Yeah. Um, you know, I see very, very few people out there saying I did this thing that I regret because I'm avoidant. You see almost yeah. everyone saying I did this bad thing because I'm anxious. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think there's a really big opportunity in this space to reframe how we talk about these tendencies to talk about how do we, how do we use this information to become better, better people. And yeah. That's, that's why we're trying to put this out there in, in the conversation, um, yeah. in our community. Yeah. And I think, you know, my theory is I feel like I read this somewhere and agreed with it, but I really don't know where I can't find it for the life of me. But I think it's become kind of my theory at this point is that Mm -hmm. like a lot of the content on Uh attachment styles Uh is kind of written for and by anxious people (laughs) Um, because they're just more likely to be obsessing over the details of circumstances possibly uh-huh. than an avoidant who's just like, no, I moved on and that was it, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know. Be. That's kind of my I also, I, I, But it's framed in a way that in a lot of conversations that you'd be much more likely to want to label yourself as, as anxious because mm-hmm. it's out there like you, anxious people just want love they're, so yeah, bad <laughs> you yeah. know whereas avoidant people are kind of demonized as being jerks and yeah. so i think if i i would much rather say that you know i do these things in my relationships because i want love rather yeah. than i do these things in relationships because i'm a jerk who doesn't care about people's feelings <laughs> so yeah. why would you say that you're avoidant when true it's make i yeah 
it's, it's very biased. And I guess that's another thing that we, that we could have talked about. I don't know that it, that it matters too much. I just think, you know, we do, we just have to keep on coming back to the role of personal responsibility in all of this. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and then also keep in mind, this is just one book on attachment theory. We've talked about, you know, I'm taking a course on basically attachment theory and Janice is reading other materials Mm -hmm. on this. So like, just because we're, we're having issues with how it's portrayed on social media and having issues with like a specific book on attachment theory, like this has been like researched and by many, many like scientists over 30, 40 years, like yeah, it's not that's something a good point. that's new. It's mm-hmm. not something that can be attributed specifically just to like one book or one author. Yeah, This is just happens to be, I think like kind of the most popular book right now on attachment style. Yeah. I mean, maybe um, that's another thing that we could put out there is, you know, who else is studying this? Who else has studied this? What are their yeah. approaches? Um, Because like I said, when I took that class with Conscious Partner, I was impressed by all yeah. of the different ref- resources that they had from um, far above and beyond the, that one one book yeah. for sure but yeah. I do think that when something becomes popular then it does kind of bleed into just you know the overall consciousness of of yeah. the public and that's kind <laughs> of what we've seen happen all right so that that was a that was a good episode a little um a little bit of a sensitive one could you yeah. say I think I we did like a there's good job. Be some people who were a little bruised maybe by mm-hmm. this but yeah. um I'm hoping that like um through the way we explained it and everything um that it just leads to like more growth for people and yeah. eventually leads to like more positive outcomes yep um, i mean we've we definitely once in a while have to or choose to take a you know brutally honest approach to yeah. things and kind of a hard <laughs> truth approach to things and it's just because we genuinely want to help yeah. people and that, you know, a lot of coaching is kind of leading people in a different direction from what they're, wh- exactly. where they're going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause you know, it's, uh, I think that a lot of the people in your life who love and care about you are going to tell you what you want to hear. Um, but we will tell you what we actually think is true and right. And will yeah. actually help you the most long-term, even if it's not what you want to hear right now. So, so what did you think? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you loved it. <laughs> yeah, if you did love and, yeah. it, DM us and let us know and we can talk about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, Claire is doing this four-month course. Yeah. Um, I, you know, consider or con- continue to study many things in relationships. So this will be something that we will return to. Yeah. And yes, if, you know, if we do get lots of pushback you know maybe that's uh where we could focus on in another episode yeah so many of our episodes are informed on or by the mess the dms that we get in the communication that we have with people in the community so yeah let us have it yeah and if you want to work with us to overcome your attachment tendencies (laughs) (laughs) hit us up in the dms and we'll send you information thank you for listening to x files a podcast about breakups broken hearts and moving on If you liked this episode, please help others find us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or by following the show on Spotify. 
And if you'd like to connect more with us and learn about breakup coaching, find us on Instagram at X-Files Podcast.